Well, I have good news or bad news, depending on your perspective, but I know it's Valentine's Day, but I'm not going to preach on love or romance or anything like that. You can thank me later. Also, I want to say happy birthday to my big brother, Phil, who is, I don't even know how old he is, but he's older than dirt. Happy birthday, Phil. He's probably watching this. He usually does. Last week I started, uh, uh, I did a message that entailed four different parts that I thought the church would be going into in the next phase of development as we grow as a church, as we continue to kind of adjust to the world and the things that are happening around us. There are some things that we need to do, and I got a lot of questions and concerns about this particular point, and that's about being called. How are we called? So I decided kind of last minute, and I don't normally do this, but um, I'm going to preach on that. I'm going to talk about being called and what it is to be called and equipped uh, in what God has called us to be and who he's called us to be and how we can answer that calling and the help that God gives us in that process. I think too often we look at the calling of God and God, and we look at our gifts and our talents, our abilities, our spiritual gifts, and, or whatever else we have going on, and we confine God's calling to that. And that's a huge mistake. Because God doesn't call us because we have what He needs us to have. He calls us so that we will come to Him and find what we need in Him so that we can answer that call. Did you know that when I was in school, I had to take speech therapy? I had to take speech therapy. They said I had a speech impediment. And so the first round of calling when I was called to the ministry, I told the Lord, really, you're serious? I, I can't even speak well. How can I speak? When I'd get in front of audiences or in front of people, when I'd stand up to read, I would stumble all over the words because I would be so... Um, in my own mind, so trapped in that idea that I wasn't able. It's taken years, and it's taken a lot of time, but it's taken a lot of work. But year after year after year, and day after day after day, and sermon after sermon after sermon, I've just asked God, you've got to help me today. Because yesterday may have been good, last week's may have been a great message, but today I have the opportunity to speak your word again. And if you don't help me, I can't do it. The calling is the calling. God brings the equipping along the way. And if we ever get to the point where we think, okay, I'm called, I'm equipped, I've got it all together, I don't need to seek the Lord, I don't need His presence as much as I used to. I don't need to pray as hard as I used to. I don't need to depend on His Spirit to empower me as much as I used to. We fail. God's calling is, is, is that calling that causes us to be dependent on Him. Look with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans 1. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God, the gospel he promised beforehand and through, through his prophets and his holy scripture, regarding his son, who as to his earthly life was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the son of God in power and in his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord 
Through him we received grace and apostleship to call all the Gentiles to the obedience that comes from the faith for his namesake. And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called by his holy people and called to be his holy people, grace and peace to you from God the Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's start with our attitude. There's an attitude plus for me. Attitude plus. Attitude isn't everything. Some people have a bad attitude. I have a cat that has a bad attitude. And everybody has some days or some point in their life or some point in their day where you get a bad attitude, right? I stopped for gas this morning. I don't know why this came to my mind, but I stopped for gas and I wanted to pay inside, so I pushed the pay inside button on the pump. You've all been there, right? I wanted to pay inside because I wanted to pick up something else uh, in, the, in the gas station. It's not a gas station, it's a store, a convenience store. So I'm waiting and waiting and waiting, and you know, it was seven below. And I'm standing there, and it says, waiting for the whatever person inside to push the button. All he's got to do is push the button. Now, you know I am a patient, very patient person, right? I didn't get gas this morning. I waited about two, three minutes, standing there shivering, thinking, well, I could just pay here and then not get what I want inside, or I could just leave. I left. Put the gas cap on, got back in my car and thought, I'll get gas later. Because it was cold outside and I was not in the right attitude to stand there and wait for this person. I looked in the window, honestly, he wasn't even there. I don't know where this person was. I, they, they, they were the only one there. They could have been doing something that wouldn't allow them, I don't want to say going to the bathroom because that would be rude, but they could have been not available, right? Attitude. Our attitudes are not always what they should be because we don't always get up on the right side of bed. We don't take the time that we need. The alarm goes off later. The, the kids or the cat or the percolator or whatever, something. And we just don't have our heads on straight yet. Attitude. And when we approach Christ and are calling to follow him, our attitude is important. But it's more than just a mindset it's a, it's a transformation. It's that point where we pause and think about, pause and realize just who we are in Christ. It's an attitude beyond an attitude, attitude plus. See, Christ has called us, and that calling is a life worth living. The calling on our lives sets us apart to do more amazing things than we would ever accomplished had we not been called by him in the first place. His calling on our lives sets a path for our life that is different than what we would have ever thought of. It calls us to a direction that we wouldn't have gone in. It calls us to a dependency that we would have never known had we not answered the call. And it's worth living. I mean, it just, I don't know how to describe it in highfalutin spiritual words, but I, knew though, I do know this. That if, I, if we don't answer the call, we'll never know just what all God had planned for us. How far He could have taken us. How high He could have lifted us. How strong He could have made us. How courageous He could have caused us to be. 
that in the midst of all of the fights and all of the world and all of the tension and all the junk going on around us, God's worthy. And He lifts us up to that worthy level. And when we answer that call, it elevates us. It's worth living. It's frightening to think what it would be like to live with just within our own mindset or just within our own hearts, just within our own limits and our own abilities. The calling God has on our lives causes us to a life worth living because it elevates Him in our lives and it elevates our need for His power and presence in our lives. And when we answer the call and we say, Here I am, Lord, He responds with His presence, His Spirit, His life, His power, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is at our disposal. It sets our lives toward higher aspirations. You know what I mean by that? It means we all of a sudden say yes to things we would have never said yes to before. It means that we have something to look forward to on a horizon out in front of us that just calls us forward and keeps pushing us on. Higher aspirations to do things that are not doable in and of ourselves. The aspirations, the things that God sets before us that we oftentimes look at and say, God, I can't do that. And he says, exactly my point, you can't. But me, with you, we can. With God at our side, nothing's impossible. The things we look at in our lives as limitations and restraints and and handicaps even. Those things can be so minimalized when we set our sights on the things that God's called us to. Higher aspirations. Higher than you ever dreamed reaching. Farther than you ever dreamed walking. At a speed you never believed possible. And heights that you can soar on wings of eagles. The aspirations that God calls us to are high. They are worth shooting for. They're worth going after. And because of those high aspirations and because they're beyond our ability, we get these higher achievements. Just higher achievements. Without the aspirations, without the goals, without the direction, without the pace, without the calling, then we just kind of settle in. And God's always trying to move us forward. He's always trying to take us deeper. He's always trying to cause us to live beyond our own limitations and to trust in Him. And we, when we give in to that calling and we say yes to that calling and we know that we have to depend on Him because we can't answer that call without Him, we achieve things we would never have been able to achieve, dreams that we would have never had even had, become reality. It requires a complete surrender. Complete surrender is like going to a surgeon and saying, listen, keep me awake during this whole thing so that I can tell you how to do it while you're doing it. Have you ever been there? You know, I had cataract surgery uh, last January, by the way. It's been a year. 
And so I don't need my glasses anymore. And you know they wake you up after they start. So you get to watch this thing happen. And they ask you questions. I, I'm, I'm not a doctor, but seriously, I, I don't ever want to do that again. I don't want to be awake during any procedure ever again. It was just weird beyond weird. And I was thinking about that as I was thinking about surrender. What if I had told the doctor, look, you're doing that wrong. You, you can't, that's just, what are you, what's the matter with you? How, are you really a doctor? Let me see your license. Have you got that thing so I can look at it? Your hand's a little shaky. Maybe you should uh, cut down on the caffeine. I could have had a conversation with the guy. But here's what I did. Held perfectly still, never said a word unless I was asked a question. How are you doing? Good. One word. It's like talking to my son. How are you doing, Bob? Good. That's all I ever get from him. Surrender. You surrender to a physician. You surrender to this doctor. You surrender to this surgeon. You have to trust him, his skill, his knowledge, her skill, her knowledge, their abilities. You have to. When you surrender to the Lord, it's the same idea. Do you really trust him with your life? If you're on a surgeon's table and you're having open heart surgery, guess what? You really are trusting that surgeon with your life. Now imagine that God has called you out from among the crowds, the thongs, the throngs, and He's He's called you to a higher level and to a level to a greater achievements. And you say to Him the whole time, "Look, I just want to be awake during this. I just want to make sure that you that you do this right. That I can help you with this." Consider that mentality, and consider the idea of complete surrender. That God has called us to just say, it's all yours. Let me know what you need me to do. Let me know what you need me, need me to give. If you ask me a question, I'll give you an answer. But until that time, I'm just surrendering to your will and to your calling. And he's redeemed us for the gospel's sake, but he's redeemed us for his name's sake. His namesake. When we walk among this world and we answer to that calling, when we live amongst even Christian brothers and sisters, we really are representing Christ at all times. And when we don't measure up, all right, just admit it. Right? You don't measure up. Sometimes you're unkind. Sometimes you say the wrong thing. Sometimes you just have a bad attitude. Sometimes you're just having a bad day. Sometimes you're falling apart. Sometimes things aren't going well at home. Sometimes your job really does stink and you wish you could quit. Sometimes you don't have enough money. Sometimes things just don't go right. Sometimes you're not surrendering to the Spirit. Sometimes you're really not giving your all to the Lord. Sometimes you're just mailing in this Christian walk. You're just mailing in. And we mess things up. That's when we go back and say, okay, Lord, my pride won't allow me to surrender. My ego won't allow me to give in or apologize or seek forgiveness. 
And I think that's why churches in so many places and so many Christian people are walking around with this idea that, you know, the church isn't really working for me. The church really works when those of us who are in it respond to our calling and are willing to surrender for His name's sake. Because we represent Him, not ourselves. What if I just had a badge that just said, I'm Jesus? Would you all laugh? My wife would. I'm Jesus. But we really do represent him, you know. We really do. And so when we bear his name, when we take this gospel on and we answer that calling, we're saying to him, okay, Lord, I'm nowhere near that level. I really, I, I don't put your name on me. I don't want to. That's why I don't have Christian bumper stickers on my car, you know. I really don't because I know I'm going to embarrass Jesus. Right? Am I the only one? No. I, I don't want to embarrass Jesus with my honking. I'm honking for Jesus. No, I'm not. I'm an impatient. For his name's sake. We bear his name. We are called the Christ ones. And he's calling us to that. That idea, that attitude, that mentality, that life-surrendered calling so that we represent him well for his name's sake. Let's move on. Verse 4. Who through the spirit of holiness was appointed the Son of God in power by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me just touch on holiness for a minute. Holiness is really not this level of you know, I lived this sinless life. Nobody lives a sinless life. Only Jesus did that. The rest of us get to keep trying, keep working on it, right? But holiness is really separated unto God. And when you're called, you are called to holiness. In other words, you're called out from among this world and you're no longer part of it ever again in the same old way. I don't get to act the way the world acts. I don't get to walk the way the world walks. I don't go to the places that the world goes to. I don't do those things for his name's sake, number one. But number two is because he's called me out to be holy, separated unto God. And that's more than just not doing the things of this world and not going to the places that the world goes. It's, call, it's a calling to be separated for his purpose, for his work for his desires. So I'm separated unto God. I am literally laying my life down for him. And holiness is sanctification. It's the idea that it's the idea that I'm separated to the point where I I don't even want to hang out there. I don't even want to go there. I don't want to use those words. A while back, we got rid of cable in our house because we realized that I had 800 channels I couldn't watch because I didn't want to watch them. I didn't want to hear the language. I didn't want to watch the way they lived. I didn't want to do those things. I, I, I just didn't watch them, so why do I even have them? So I have one of those flat antennas on my wall now. They work pretty well, by the way. If you don't get one, I'll recommend one for you. But 
there, there's just this, why would I want that in my home? My children come and my grandchildren come, but more importantly, where I live with my wife and with my Savior, why would I invite that stuff into my home? Sanctified, set apart, called out. And that is the beginning of the calling. I'm just called out. You're just called out to live a life that's just different, to glorify Christ for his name's sake. And holiness is a state of being. The moment you're called, you are already set apart. You're already set apart. God called you out. He said, come out from among them. Don't walk that way. Don't live that way. I've got something greater for you. I've got greater aspirations for you. I've got a new direction for you. I've got a higher calling on your life. It's a state of being. To live in that level of holiness where I really do know that I'm separated from the world is not, it's not the idea that I... I don't want anything to do with them anymore. I can't serve them in Jesus' name if I don't go where they go and if I'm not where they are. And the church has gone through this weird kind of osmosis process where we invite everybody to our church, but the church doesn't go to them. And that's a mistake. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus went to where they were, but he knew at all times that he was different. State of being. I am holy because he made me holy because he called me in the first place, separated unto God. It's the state of our calling. Holiness is just who we are. We are holy, for he is holy. We are set apart because we're called. We do have a different standard because the standard, it's the standard that the Lord established for us. We do live a different life with a different power and a different presence because we're already called. Verse 6, And you also are among those Gentiles who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. We are those Gentiles. The church in Rome, belonging to Christ, we are too. We belong to him. We've surrendered to him. And belonging among as well, called to Christ so that we can be among those who have not yet answered that calling. Doesn't the Bible say all are called? All are called. Jesus didn't just die for you. He died for the sins of the world. He's calling us to go among the world and to represent him. To let his name be seen, to let his life be lived still on earth through us. Did you catch that? His life still to be lived on this earth through us. We're called to be among them, not separated and hiding in a corner. We need to reach them. And because we belong to him, he has equipped us. You have what you need to serve him. You're called, you're set apart, you're holy. You're transformed. You're already there. You're already equipped. And you have a long way to go, too. Did you know that? You're already there, but you still have a ways to go. 
All of us are still being transformed every single day by the presence of the Lord in our lives. We're still knock, knock, knocking on heaven's door. Do you know that song? That's too bad. You're still knocking on heaven's door. We still haven't reached. Until we reach there, we've still got to walk among them. To all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be his holy people. Loved by God, called to be his holy people. This is grace received. This is grace received. Called to be his holy people. The grace to be called, the grace to be called out, the grace to stand, the grace to be his holy people. Grace received. His holy people. Let me make that point again. You are already called, therefore you are already separated. You are already separated. You can try and blend in. You can try to have people not know you're a Christian. Too late, you are. Live like it. Because the world needs to see Jesus desperately. So, called and equipped. Number one, read. Read the Word. Read it every day. Read things aligned with it. Read good studies. Read, read, read. Don't ever give up. Align your life according to what you know God has spoken to you. Just do it. Start getting rid of things that are, are a distraction. Start holding on to things tighter that draw you closer to Christ. Three, seek Him. Seek Him. Go after Him. He's not hiding from you. He wants you close to Him. Seek after Him. And fourth of most important maybe after all of that is just stand for him just stand for him just stand answer the call just stand be who Christ has called us to be you are a holy people a chosen people a chosen generation let's live like it Lord we thank you for your presence in our lives for your calling on our lives it's amazing And in our darkness, you found us. In our wandering, you came after us. And here we are, called by your name, to be a chosen people, holy and righteous in your eyes. Help us live like it, for your name's sake, for your name's sake. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.